And so when I got out of jail, I understood after learning this from my cellmate that I couldn't force my mom to treat me a certain way. I couldn't force my mom to apologize to me. I couldn't force my mom to love me in the way that I wanted her to quote unquote love me, right? The only thing that I could do is I could show through my actions and how I behaved that I was committed to changing, that I was committing to transforming my life, that I was committed to not being that person that I was as a kid and working on myself. And then in turn, down the road, the hope is that she would see all this and that that would also give her some time to forgive and stuff like that, that it would allow us to come back together in a way that was healthy because I wasn't expecting anything. And that was a really hard thing for me to let go of. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today's a special solo episode because I'm going to be sharing five of the top lessons that my cellmate taught me when I was incarcerated on felony drug charges. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast or following me for quite some time, um, you will know that my cellmate helped transform my life when I was in jail. And if you want to hear the full story on that, I invite you to check out the many podcasts that I've done where I have shared that full story on other people's shows. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very inspirational story, and I wouldn't be where I am today without him. And unfortunately, Eric passed away last year, and I have stayed committed to, to sharing that story and also the lessons that he's taught me to be able to not only inspire myself to keep going, but to inspire others as well. So today I'm going to be sharing the top five lessons that my cellmate Eric taught me when I was in jail. And he taught me many more things, but these are the top five that I think will really resonate with you. And I'd love to just get right into it. So the first one is your choices matter. Now, there was a pivotal moment when I was incarcerated where I was having a conversation with Eric when he was trying to get me to start exercising. And when he started to ask me questions about my story, he started to ask me why I was in jail. I started to blame everybody else for my problems but myself. Now, it wasn't to say that my situation um, wasn't tough because I do think that I did go through a lot of adversity as a kid, but what he taught me was that there was plenty of people, they were in situations like mine, people who, whose parents got divorced, people who um, weren't good at sports, people who were bullied, people that didn't have luck, in dating, there was all these people that went through that, that didn't end up in jail. And so he pointed out to me that my choices mattered. And that even though I went through hardship, even though I went through tough times, it doesn't mean that I can just behave in whatever way that I want, and then blame everybody else for my problems based on those other choices that I made. So I learned that my choices mattered. And that if I was going to change when I was in jail, that I had to start making different choices. I had to start changing the way I saw my past. I, I had to change the way that I took care of my health. I had to change the way I talked to myself. I had to change 
the way that I treated other people. I had to change my commitment to myself. I had to change my choices. I had to start making better choices. I had to change my choices because before jail, the choices that I made were self-medicating with drugs, selling drugs. It was you know, eating severely unhealthy, not exercising, surrounding myself with the wrong types of people, blaming people for my problems, having damaged relationships with my family, not telling the truth, feeling sorry for myself constantly. And all of that played into me being incarcerated and me having the outlook on life that I had. I, I began to understand that I didn't have everything figured out because I wasn't making the proper choices. And in, in order for me to change, I needed to start behaving differently. As I was in jail, I started to change the way that I treated myself. I started to work out. I started to change the way that I talked to myself and using more of a positive and optimistic mindset when I would uh, communicate with myself. I started expressing gratitude more often. I started being more honest with myself and other people. I started to practice forgiveness within myself and trying to also um, have a different perspective on, on my childhood and, and everything that happened. I started becoming hyper-focused on remaining disciplined and choosing differently when I got stressed and not reacting based on emotion, taking some time to practice the pause and make a healthy decision based on my emotions. So all of this I was working on when I was in jail and I saw all of the positivity and all of the, the change that it helped me make. So I carried that with me as I, as I got out and started making healthier choices. And that has you know snowballed into where I am today. And I share that because I think a lot of times when people go through adversity or when they go through a challenging situation, it can be very easy to use that situation as an excuse to behave a certain way, to self-medicate in certain ways, to treat people in certain ways, to spend money that you don't have or to not take care of yourself or whatever it is. And then what ends up happening is it's not that moment of adversity or that challenge that necessarily brings you down. It's the compound effect of all the choices that after that, that bring you down, right? So I think that's a really important concept to grasp because while I understand people's situations are super unfortunate and people I'm sure had it a lot worse than I did, all I can say is that the only way out is to do the best you can to make healthier choices and to change the way that you respond to that situation. And I think also the the choices matter thing doesn't necessarily have to be tied to like when you're going through a hard time. This relates to anything in life. If you're trying to get healthier, then your choices matter. What you choose to eat matters. Uh, how you choose to move your body matters. Who you choose to spend time with matters. How you choose to stay disciplined matters. How you choose to set up a good sleep routine matters. How you choose to manage your stress matters. So your choices matter. And if you don't pay attention to that, you don't have the self-awareness around your choices. You don't understand how you're behaving then you're not going to really understand the power of this. So I really do think that it's important to be aware of the choices that you're making, whether that's, you know, writing things down, setting goals and having somebody hold you accountable based on that, whether it's going and communicating with a therapist or a coach or somebody that can help guide you with the choices that you're making and making sure that you're making the right ones that are in line with where you want to go, or you end up 
um, just keeping some sort of, of journal about your habits that you do throughout the course of the week, throughout the course of the month, and then zooming out and, and taking a step back and seeing like, okay, do these choices align with where I want to go? And so your choices matter. And I'm going I'm I'm to keep saying that because it's so important. And I think that if you look at your life now and you want to do the best you can to change and make a transformation in whatever area of life you're looking to make, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in your health, whether that's in a job, the choices that you make on a daily basis is what's going to really dictate whether or not you get there or not. So being mindful of that. And the last thing I'll say on that is that you're not always going to be perfect. There's some choices that I make, I'm sure every single day or every single week that I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that, or I could have done that differently, or I could have done that better. But I don't let that define me. Again, I have the self-awareness to say, okay, I didn't make the right choice in that moment. Let's see how I can do that better for the next time. Let's see how I can improve. Let me see if I can learn so I can do it differently the next time, et cetera, et cetera. So number one, again, your choices matter. It's so important. Again, this lesson was taught to me when I was incarcerated. And that, that principle has really stuck with me now for when I go through adversity, for when I want to achieve a goal or I want to pursue something in my life. Like I understand that my choices and how I behave and how I conduct myself matter. They can either move me closer towards the goal, closer towards where I want to go, or they can move me further away or make the situation worse. Okay. So your choices matter. The second thing that he taught me is not to give up on myself. There were plenty of times when I was in jail that I wanted to quit, that I, I, I wanted to stop exercising when my cellmate got me to start exercising. There was plenty of times where I just wanted to just sit there and kind of and feel sorry for myself. What my cellmate taught me was that if I don't fight for my own life, that no one's going to fight for me, right? That nobody's coming to, to rescue me. No one's coming to save me. So it was up to me to continue to believe in myself even when the odds were against me, even when I couldn't see the light, even when people were doubting me, even when people assumed that I was going to fail when I got out of jail. I realized that the more I didn't quit on myself, the more I focused on just winning every single day and doing whatever I could to become a better version of myself each and every day and focusing on Again, in jail, it was the working out, the way I talked to myself, the way I treated other people in there, um, my level of honesty with myself and others, my consistency with everything. The more I did that every single day, the more I established belief in myself. I established confidence in myself. I established um, th this perseverance muscle to where after doing that for a few days or a few weeks, I then started to believe in myself a bit more. And I encourage people to think about this because I've definitely been in situations where I couldn't see light. All I saw was darkness and I wanted to quit. But if I quit, the only thing that that guaranteed me was that I wasn't going to succeed and that I wasn't going to get to the place where I wanted to go. So I had to be very, very, very aggressive with making sure that I believed in myself enough, that I valued myself enough, that I valued what I wanted enough to keep going on that fitness journey, to keep going on the personal development journey, to keep going in recovery. I think it's so important to remember that, to not lose hope and to know that there's a reason that you're trying to pursue whatever it is you're trying to pursue and really tapping into that. Because what has really helped me during times where 
things got tough and I wanted to quit on something. And this, this isn't just in, in regards to jail. This is like anything in my life. I've, I've thought about why I started that thing. And a lot of times that why comes down to something personal for me. The fitness thing, initially the why was because I was tired of feeling the way that I did about myself. And I, and I wanted more for myself. I just didn't know how to tap into that. But with my cellmate's help in getting me started, it made me see a part of me that I had never seen before. This I can do anything mentality, the smile on my face uh, when I achieve something that I hadn't done in a long time, the wow, I can't believe I accomplished this thing, or wow, I can't believe I stayed this discipline. Like all these things helped validate my why and why I thought it was important to pursue all this stuff. And so I think when it comes to the second point and not giving up on yourself, you just have to do literally everything you possibly can to remember why you started, focus on how far you've come, and just do everything you possibly can each and every day to commit to becoming a better version of yourself. And it doesn't matter if it's one step at a time, two steps at a time, three steps at a time. What counts is, is that you're just moving forward. And sometimes the, the progress is going to seem much slower than you think. Sometimes the progress is going to surprise you and how fast maybe you change. The point is, is to stay consistent. Don't give up on yourself. Don't quit no matter how hard it gets and just keep pushing no matter what. And that mentality has carried on with me throughout a lot of the challenges that I faced after jail. If I give up on myself on a project I'm working on or on a relationship I'm trying to fix or on something with the podcast, then that means that I lose and that I didn't believe in myself enough. I didn't value myself enough to keep going. And so that's why it's really important to establish that why for when you are pursuing something so that you can lean on that when things get tough and you remember why you started that certain thing. All right, so you're gonna brush your teeth today. And why is that? Because it's a healthy part of your day and you don't want bad teeth. I want you to take it another step and add in skincare habits to your daily routine. I have been doing it over the past few months and I promise you, I am never going back. I am hooked on Caldera Lab and their high-performance men's skincare products. Incorporating skincare into your daily routine can be effortless, especially if you do it before you brush your teeth. This guarantees that you won't mess up your current routine while leaving your breath fresh and your face refreshed. This is what is called habit stacking, and Caldera Lab makes this simple. Their formulas combine pharmaceutical-grade science with nature's purest and most potent ingredients and are simple to use. I've been using the Regimen Bundle twice a day and have already had so many compliments about the difference in my skin. Caldera Lab's Regimen Routine begins with their Clean Slate, which is their face wash, and leaves all skin types refreshed. Then I add their Base Layer, which is a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisturizer to help hydrate my skin. Then I finish off with The Good, which is their highly effective multifunctional serum that helps my skin look and feel tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, Caldera Lab has an exclusive offer. This is their best offer available anywhere. Use code Doug at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. Again, it's 20% off at calderalab.com with the code Doug to help you make your first impressions unforgettable. Now back to the show. All right, so number one, your choices matter. Number two, don't give up on yourself. 
Number three, this was one of the hardest ones for me to, to grasp when he told me this. And that was that nobody owes me anything. You see, when I was in jail and I felt that I had all these horrible things happen to me, whether it be stuff in childhood or what happened in school or stuff that happened you know, during my years of addiction, whatever it was, I thought that because I went through all this hardship and that because I went through all this quote unquote suffering, that that meant that, that the world was now going to reward me because of the suffering I went through. And that no matter how I behaved, I was owed something by somebody because of what I went through. I thought that I was owed apologies from my family. I thought I was owed certain things from my parents. I thought that people that I went to school with owed me apologies or owed me certain things, right? I thought that people that like screwed me over during my drug dealing days, like owed me an apology or owed me something. I thought God owed me all these blessings because I went through this hardship as a kid. And I was waiting for that to come. And what I realized is that nobody owes me anything at all. I think that a lot of times when we go through something challenging, we think that because we went through a certain thing or because somebody treated us a certain way, that all of a sudden on the back end, we're going to get all these benefits because of the, the hardship we went through and that it's owed to us because of what we went through. And I got to tell you, like in my experience, if you're waiting for that person to repay you for things that you feel the world owes to you, you're going to be waiting a very, very long time. Because I waited and waited and waited and nothing came as far as what I wanted from that. And then I continued to behave poorly up until I went to jail in a way that was like, all right, well, if the world's against me and if God's against me, if people are against me, then I'm just going to continue to self-destruct because what's it matter? This world is an evil place and people are against me. So I might as well be against myself. And that's just, that's just, that's not a good way to live, right? It's not a good outlook on life to have. Again, I understand why people would feel that way when they're, when they're going through hard times. But listen, I think when we're going through challenges in life. I think the things that we really want are security, community, peace, love, happiness, fulfillment. We want these things. But in my experience, when I've gone through hard times when I was a kid, I would do the complete opposite to get me there. I would do things that would create insecurities in my life. I would do things that would push people away. I would do things that would make me unhappy. I would do things that would make me less fulfilled. I would do things that would make me not love myself. The redirect, I think, in this, it's not to say that no one will ever help you out in life because I've, I've definitely been helped. My cellmate helped me out a lot. My grandparents helped me out a lot when I got out of jail. I've had countless people help me in the years that followed. My point is, if you're waiting for that only to, to change your life, you're going to be waiting a long time. And I just think there's this I don't know if it's, you call it the law of attraction. I don't know if it's like an energy thing, a universe thing, a God thing, whatever you call it, that when you're putting the work in to better yourself on whether it's personally, professionally, on your health journey, that people are attracted to that type of energy. And then because you're not expecting anything, there'll be certain people that just appear in your life. And if you nourish a relationship, do the right thing, if you, you know, show that you're being authentic and honest and all those things, I think people will naturally gravitate towards helping you. So I wanted to make sure that I differentiate those two and that it's not to say that 
no one's ever going to help you in life or no one's helped me. It's that when I made the shift to understand that people don't owe me anything in life and that if I'm going to get something, it's going to be up to me to pursue it. And if I get some help along the way, that's an, that's an added bonus. One of the things that, to be, if I'm being 100% honest, where I really saw this benefit me was the relationship with my mom. My mom and I have a great relationship now. And the reason I share this is because I think it, it's relatable to a lot of people in that my mom and I didn't have the greatest relationship growing up, you know, just given this, this, the situation. I responded poorly and then she responded in the way that she felt was best for the situation. And we just, we butted heads a lot growing up. And so when I got out of jail, I understood after learning this from my cellmate that I couldn't force my mom to treat me a certain way. I couldn't force my mom to apologize to me. I couldn't force my mom to love me in the way that I wanted her to quote unquote love me, right? The only thing that I could do is I could show through my actions and how I behaved that I was committed to changing, that I was committing to transforming my life, that I was committed to not being that person that I was as a kid and working on myself. And then in turn, down the road, the hope is that she would see all of this and that that would also give her some time to forgive and stuff like that, that it would allow us to come back together in a way that was healthy because I wasn't expecting anything. And that was a really hard thing for me to let go of because sure, initially I was like, I'm changing, I'm on this health journey, I'm doing the right thing, like blah, blah, blah. Now it's time for you, mom, to love me in the way that you're, you're supposed to or the way that I see it or apologize to me or pat me on the back or whatever it was. And it wasn't until I, I, I let that go and I said, you know what, I love my mom, I want a relationship with her. At the end of the day, she doesn't owe me a relationship with her. As much as I want that, she doesn't owe it to me. But if there's a chance of me getting that back, I have to work on myself and do the daily things that will help me become this better version of myself, this, this version of self that's honest, has integrity, that stays committed to, to uh, doing what I say I'm going to do, that manages my emotions in a healthy way, that shows up when needed, that maintains a job, all these things, and then giving her time to come back around. Now, that's just one example. There's, a, there's other examples of, of other things that I've done in business or other things that I've done personally where I've had to understand that nobody is going to give me anything. If I'm going to work for something, I need to be the one that's going to work for it. If you put out this certain energy and you put out this energy that you're committed to the craft, you're committed to the process, you're committed to working on yourself, I think that is attractive to people. And I think that people will be more likely to want to try and help you. I mean, what's the saying now that people say it's a like game recognizes game, right? It's like, I mean, people that are working hard and working on themselves and, and doing the thing, they attract other people that are doing the same thing. And so I share that because it was a hard idea for me to, to grasp because I thought that because I went through all these bad things in my life that all of a sudden the world owed me this, this huge pile of stuff. And the reality was I was waiting such a long time. And before I went to jail, because I thought I was owed that, it never came. I self-sabotaged even more because I didn't get that thing. So just understand that, that nobody owes you anything. If you're going to achieve something in your life, it's going to be up to you. And if you're on that path, if you're on that journey, if you're embracing the process and doing the right things, then there's a good chance that somebody might come alongside you and, and help you, right? Because I think humans, we want to help other people. We want to give back and stuff like that. But only when it, it feels natural and it's not forced, like it's, it's something that you're expecting. As hard as it is to accept the fact that nobody owes you anything, 
there's certain people in your life that might wrong you, that might do something terrible to you, that might not ever say that they're sorry. And that's okay because you can't control other people's actions. You can't control other people's behaviors. You can only control your own. And so what's helped me in situations like that, and then this sounds cliche, but that person just either, that's just where they're at in their, in their own journey of maturity, of emotional intelligence or whatever, that maybe they don't have the confidence or security to admit that they were wrong. And that's okay. Because there's definitely been times in my life where I felt like that. I'm sure somewhere there's people I owe apologies to that either I, I just haven't done it or I just have frankly forgot. So I try to remember that when people that have wronged me don't apologize and understand that there's just certain people that's not going to apologize. And I just accept that that's more about them and not about me. Number one, your choices matter. Number two, don't give up on yourself. Number three, nobody owes you anything. Number four, play the long game. So when I first started working out, I was very unhealthy. I was like 40% body fat or something like that. But I wanted results like quick, just like anybody else, right? I wanted the six pack. I wanted the big arms. I wanted my belly fat to go away. And I said to my cellmate, I said, how long is this going to take for me to, to see results? He said something along the lines of, how long you been living unhealthy, Doug? And I'm like, a long time. He's like, well, it's going to take a long time for you to see results. Just stay consistent and remain disciplined. Focus on the small wins. And so early on, I, I accepted that. And that's all I knew, right? Because this was, this was the first time I had actually tried to do anything for my health in a serious manner. So I understood, okay, like he's proven me right this far. Like he's shown me that I can, you know, do certain things that I didn't think I could do. He's shown me to rewire how I saw my past and how I talk to myself. Like he's clearly right about a lot of things. So I'm going to also assume that he's right about this as well. And he definitely was. And so it, just, it taught me that I, can, I just need to focus on the day-to-day -day and that small wins add up and that it's not about trying to see results in a week. It's like, how can you do something that is maintainable for the rest of your life or maintainable for a few years, depending on what the goal is or what the path is? For the context of the story, we were talking about fitness and my health. He was like, you should be working out the rest of your life. You should be taking care of your body for the rest of your life. So just assume that every single day, you're going to have to stay committed to yourself. And so it taught me that I wasn't going to see results overnight. It taught me that I needed to do the things necessary on a daily basis, which in jail was the calisthenic work we were doing. It was the walking or running or whatever I was, whatever I was doing at, the, at that time. It was eating well and, and changing the way that I saw food. It was changing the way I talked to myself, my mindset and all that stuff. And then all of that compounded over time and added up to big wins. Because if I had said, okay, I just want to get to doing a set of 10 push-ups as fast as I could, which was my goal when I got out of jail, I would have failed because day one, when I started to do a push-up, I couldn't do a push-up for my, my feet, couldn't do one for my knees. And so if my only goal was to do a set of 10 push-ups as fast as possible within a few days or within a week, there was no way I was going to be able to do that. It was impossible because I, I accepted this mentality of I'm going to play the long game and I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot for these goals. But if I don't get there, it's okay. I just know that I'm committed to the process and I'm going to keep doing the daily things I need to do to show up. It kept me in the game. And when you do that, it keeps you in the game as well. And what happened was slowly but surely, I was able to do a push-up for my knees push-up for my feet, two push-ups for my knees, two push-ups for my feet. And then over time, over like, I don't know, I guess it was like a month's time or a month and a half time when I, when I was in there, I was able to actually do 
some sets of push-ups, which was pivotal for me because I never thought in a million years I would be able to do that. But it came as a result of me playing the long game and assuming that I was going to be in this forever and not focusing on just trying to accomplish everything in one day or trying to lose all the weight in a week. It was more like, all right, I know that if I do the daily things that, that Eric, my cellmate, is telling me to do and that I know I need to do, I'm going to be a lot better off you know, in a few months' time if I do these things consistently. And so I focused a lot on the process and not necessarily of, of on the goal. And because I did that, because I played the long game, I saw some amazing results in, in, with my health and fitness while I was in jail. All of that has compounded in other areas of my life to where not only did I take that mentality when I got out of jail and focused on the daily things that I needed to do from a fitness perspective, and that led to me losing much more weight, you know, getting below 10% body fat, doing a certain amount of pull-ups, push-ups, running, all that stuff. It allowed me to also trust the process and play the long game when it comes to things like this podcast. Because with the podcast, it can be easy to play the quote unquote short game and you know, post a video just to get likes or to just focus on the numbers, focus on the charts, focus on the big guests, all those things that it's just not maintainable if that's all you focus on, right? Because all of that in many ways can be fleeting. And I knew that if I was only going to be attached to these short-term goals and short-term outcomes for the podcast and, and numbers and stuff that I wouldn't have made it long-term because I wasn't committed to the long game. But because I learned that lesson in jail that is carried over with other areas of my life and I stay committed to the long game, it's allowed me to say, okay, what do I need to focus on to make a great show that's going to be sustainable for the long term? Like what makes a great show? How do I conduct interviews? How do I conduct research? What types of guests do I want to have on the show? How do I treat people when they come on the show? What's my networking ability like? How can I be of service to other people? How do I handle feedback, criticism, that sort of thing from others as far as helping me make the show better? How can I work on my craft more? All these things that help me play the long game because I know that I'm committed to this thing for forever, for as long as I can be, and that I know I need to do certain things on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that will hopefully add up to some bigger wins long-term. And the bigger wins could be the amount of people that I've helped because of the show. The bigger win you know, down the road could be like landing an amazing guest that I've wanted to have on for a while or somebody that's really inspired me. It could be you know, having the podcast in, in the top 10 or whatever it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important to have goals like that because sure, that would definitely feel good. But that's not the main reason I do the podcast. The main reason I do the podcast is because I'm committed to the process of learning about myself, learning from guests, helping my audience, helping you all become better versions of yourselves, helping you all establish practical tools and tips that you can use every single day to overcome adversity. Like that's why I'm committed to this show. And so I'm playing the long game with it. I am focusing on what works. I am staying consistent. I master the fundamentals. And that has been taught to me because of what I learned from my cellmate. And that's also been a, a staple in how I built my training business was playing the long game and doing the, the necessary things on a daily basis, on a weekly basis to build a business and to make my clients happy, to help people get results, to make people satisfied with the way that I train them. And I wasn't focused on just building a business overnight. I was focused on doing it slow and steady and being consistent, remaining disciplined and committing to it long-term. And one of the biggest blessings that comes from committing to things long-term is that you're able to manage mistakes 
failures and bumps in the road much more easily because you know that this is a process and it's a journey and it's not just this destination you're looking to reach right away. You begin to see things that, that don't go as planned in whatever area of your life as learning opportunities for growth and ways that you can get better and, and sharpen your craft, sharpen the way you do things to be able to, to be better positioned for the long game. And so playing the long game has so many benefits from what I just mentioned with how you see failure to really being able to trust the process, being able to see things through, being able to just focus on the present and really working on becoming the best version of yourself, doing the things that you need to do daily that add up and lead to bigger wins. So all of this goes into playing the long game and that success doesn't happen overnight. Confidence isn't built overnight. Your self-esteem isn't built overnight. It's just being consistent, continuing to show up, mastering your choices, which we talked about earlier, not giving up on yourself, taking full control of your life, like I talked about, and the nobody owes you anything part. And just understanding that when you commit to something, just know that you're committing to it long-term and that so much of the fulfillment and beauty from these journeys comes from the process itself, not from the destination. And speaking from my own experience, I don't know if anybody else relates to this, but like my biggest sense of accomplishment and achievement like wasn't necessarily the weight loss or the recovery or the business, like all these things that I can say that I've done. Sure, they're important, but really what matters to me is that the belief that I established in myself from overcoming those hard things, it's the lessons I learned through that process. It's the fortitude I built. It's the relationships I built. It's all these skills that I acquired through that process that I didn't have before because I committed to playing the long game and to staying true to this journey. And I can go on and on with examples, but hopefully you get an idea of why it's so important to play the long game. And I highly encourage you to take that route when you're trying to achieve anything you want in life. So number one, your choices matter. Number two, don't give up on yourself. Number three, nobody owes you anything. Number four, play the long game. And number five, just do whatever it takes. The reason that I believe I succeeded when I got out of jail is because I was willing to do whatever it took to see results. I was tired of feeling the way that I felt about myself. I was tired of people doubting me. I was tired of letting the old version of me weigh me down. I was tired of the person that I saw in the mirror. And so when my, when my cellmate told me that I had a choice and I, that I could do whatever it took to achieve what I wanted, I knew that that's what I needed to do. And so when my cellmate told me that in life, if you want to achieve something, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes, I listened and I did whatever it took. And that meant that obviously I would fit in the calisthenic workouts throughout the course of my time in jail. I would walk and run and I would show up even when I didn't feel like it. I would eat the foods that he told me I could eat when I was in jail. I would be honest with him about how I was feeling about situations. I was honest with myself about my own journey. And I just stayed committed to that. I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to become that version that I want to become. There's no other option for me. I knew that if I committed to doing whatever it took as far as my health, as far as who I spent time with, as far as how I treated myself, it gave me a really good shot to become that person that I wanted to be. 
I also knew if I didn't do those things, that it would move me further back and it would move me closer towards the person I didn't want to become. And I also knew that if I didn't have this quote unquote, whatever it takes mentality, I could have ended up with the failure mindset that I had before I went to jail because most of me doubted me when I was in jail. Most of me thought that I was going to fail and I wasn't going to succeed because the odds were stacked against me. But I had also developed a bit of a mindset shift like I've talked about that gave me this boost of confidence that I didn't have before, that gave me this positive outlook. And I just stayed committed to that every single day. I said, all right, if doing whatever it takes means that I don't miss my workouts, I'm not going to miss my workouts. If doing whatever it takes means I'm going to eat a certain way, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sleep a certain amount of time, I'm going to do that. I'm going to stay committed to how I talk to people, whatever it is. And then I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then when I got out of jail, I built off of that. So whatever it takes is, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not going to do drugs. I'm going to stay away from certain people that don't bring the best out in me. I'm not going to let the opinions of others dictate how I feel about myself. I am going to stay committed to my health, my workouts, my exercise, the way I eat, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And thankfully, over time, because I did that each and every day, I was able to get to a different place in my, in my mindset and in my life months later after I got out of jail, and things started to change in a tremendously positive way for me. But it's because I was willing to do whatever it took to change, whatever it took to change my health whatever it took to change my mindset, my relationships, whatever it took. I've stayed committed to that with other things that I've done. Like whether it's with the podcast, I do whatever it takes to make sure that I put out a great product for y'all to listen to. When it comes to my relationships, I do whatever it takes to show up and become a great friend, a great son, a great whoever, right? I do whatever it takes in my business. I do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm taking care of of shadow my dog in the best way possible. I do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm still honoring my body and taking care of my health these days, right? Do whatever it takes in life. Whatever it takes to achieve your goals, do that. Whatever it takes to improve your relationships, do that. Whatever it takes to improve your mindset, like do that. So those are the five lessons my cellmate taught me. And to quickly recap, it's number one, your choices matter. Number two, don't give up on yourself. Number three, nobody owes you anything. Number four, play the long game. And number five, do whatever it takes. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you next time.